Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of The Production House, a CUTV podcast with your host, Kareem Joseph. And today, I have a special guest, Nick. Hello, everyone. I love how professional you sound right now. <laughs> Thank you. So, Nick, um, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? All right, so it's my first semester here at Concordia University. I am 21 years old. I'm here as an independent student looking to get into behavioral neuroscience and become a therapist. And if I like it, I'll go into med school to become a psychiatrist. Ooh, that's interesting. So, Nick, what got you interested in CUTV? Well, it was actually very random when I came here. I remember it was on, I remember the exact date. It was actually on February 15th. You know, I, I did a speech on mental health because one of the associations at Concordia needed a sex worker to speak about their experiences. So, you know, I had met up with them. And after I did the speech, the response was so good that I decided that I needed to take it on a bigger level. So I knew about uh, the school radio CJLO. And I was just Googling through my phone and I just, CUTV just popped up. So instantly what I did is just, I came to CUTV and I just met the people and I love the place. Can you tell us a bit about your most recent project? I've actually been only working on one project so far. It's the one I've been working since February. It's a mental health project called Unconventional and Highly Unprofessional. I do it at CJLO, and with the help of CUTV's equipment and the staff, I kind of uh, bring everything together to create a platform. I'm still starting everything out, so uh, it's still a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, left to right everywhere, but it's something I'm trying to ground soon, so I'll be able to work on it uh, more efficiently. Okay. How long would you say you've been doing video work? Three months and a half. Three months and a half. That's not. That's a very short amount of time. In in that amount of time, um, uh, now I'm nervous to ask. Um, but with that limited time, what would you say is your favorite part about uh, about video production, and what part brings you the most frustration? I don't say I would tie both of them together because at first when I came in here, I didn't know what to do. Right. So that, that's kind of what frustrated me. But the idea that everyone was so helpful with me just guided me through how to edit, you know, how to use a camera. And it, it really, they kind of carried me through the whole process. So essentially, that, that's why I love the models, the community all around it because I could grow and, you know, I'd show people my projects, the videos I do. I get good feedback and it's all in the same place. So I don't really have to go too far to be able, um, you know, to do these things. So that, that's what I love most, the, the sense of community and everyone helping each other out. Would you consider yourself uh, someone who likes to watch movies? Not really, actually. What about um, television or, or uh, do you have any particular favorite books or works, other works of literature? Not really, no. The only books or things I read are articles I find on the internet. It's usually because I have a project attached to it and I do my research uh, with it. I don't really read for fun. I don't read novels. I just find them kind of boring. I don't like movies. The last movie I saw was Black Panther, and that was because I was forced to go. And before that <laughs> was Avatar. But no, I don't really watch any movies. I don't really watch television. So, Would you say there's any outside influence that you take into your into your work? I actually said, before having done my radio show, I did listen to PewDiePie a lot. Ah. And I really loved his kind of setup and his really down-to-earth approach. So if there's one thing 
I kind of uh, took from someone, I would, I would say PewDiePie, because of the very minimalist setup and how down to earth and how friendly it seems. So that's something I tried to replicate. Besides that, I've been, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast a little bit and other podcasts, the Bill Burr podcast. I, I love to listen to stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh, that's one thing. Not much TV, but I love to listen to stand-up comedy. But no, uh, besides that, really my influences, I'd say, were PewDiePie and that's pretty much it I have in mind. With PewDiePie's down-to-earth approach, because I've, I've seen some of his videos and I know he can be a little um, out there, uh, could you explain to the audience like what you mean by like down-to-earth specifically? It doesn't feel scripted. Wow. Because I remember the first video I posted, I had it scripted on my laptop and I was just reading it out. It seemed clean. It seemed uh, it, there weren't any intermissions between what I was saying, but I just didn't like how everything was processed. So instead of uh, filming in the audio booth, what I started doing is taking the audio at CJLO, which everything is free-flowing on the top of my mind, and then I just edited from there. So it really gave me a more human approach because I didn't really think about what I had to say. It just came out on the tip, uh, tip of my tongue, and it, it just flowed with it. So. Like you said earlier, you've only been doing like video production for like th- about three and a half, four months. Yeah. But h- how would you say CUTV has helped you in your own career, aside from people um, giving you advice in the technical aspect? Well, there was the equipment that, uh, well, that could be lent that was super, that was super helpful. The audio booth at first, no one was really using it. I can see right now the computer is gone, so <laughs> reason more, uh, no one uses it. But now all the all what's around it, all the equipment and everything, it's something that's really helpful, especially if you're a student and you have limited funds. I mean, not everyone can afford a thousand dollar camera and eight hundred dollar lights. Right. So being able to borrow it, you know, if you're a student, it's paid in your tuition. If you're not, I think it's twenty dollars. Become a member, and no, it's super helpful like that. So it's kind of a like a mini production crew, always working in the editing room and around. So you can also jump into the projects if they need someone. And you can really kind of uh, broaden your horizons like that. Well, here's one I think you might like. What is one thing you hope to gain or feel like you have gained since joining CUTV? Honestly, I haven't. At first, I was thinking about what I want to do. But now, the, the way I see things, I just take things a lot more slowly. Because I remember when I first started working here, well, coming here at CUTV, I kind of tried to rush to get you know all my editing done, you know, all the filming. And it just stressed me out more than anything. So to answer that question, I really don't think about it anymore. I try to take it, I wouldn't say that I take it too relaxed, but I try to focus on other aspects in my life as well. And because I was doing this for quite some time, you know, I wasn't going out as much and I was kind of uh, just putting my time in this, but now I'm just trying to take things a little bit uh, more slow. But if I were to answer your question uh, in a sentence, what I hope to gain from is have my own talk show in the future with better equipment. Well... Uh, that's it for the general questions, and now I'd like to open the floor to, we can literally talk about any anything. Um, is there anything that you'd like to talk about specifically right now? Honestly, not really. I don't have anything uh, that I'd want to talk specifically. I could talk to you about what I've done this week. <laughs> okay, what have you done this week? No, just to bring up the question, because every week on my talk show, what I do, how I structure it, is I talk to people what I've done during the week. Okay. Because I host a mental health talk show, and what I want to show people is some sort of progression. You know, instead of going for you know mental health terms like that, I want to show them a progression of things I talk about on the show 
I've previously talked about and uh, how I'm following up with this. I remember a few weeks back on my talk show, one of the things I was talking about is I started meditating, for example. So I started meditating and I wanted to get into strongman. That's one of uh, the little goals I had for myself, uh, a pretty big goal I had for myself two, three years back, but then I injured myself. So now I, s I actually started doing that uh, last week, as you can see from all the bruises. Uh, they can get the idea. Yeah, they get the idea. No, so really just uh, these type of things like meditation and really trying to uh, center myself and trying to acknowledge all the faults that I have and really take uh, criticism as positively as possible. Uh, I, I know that on the talk show I have, most of, right now what I've posted is all towards... Uh, it's all dark themes, you know, psychiatric hospitals, mental disorders, drugs, you know, suicidal ideation, self-mutilation. Those are the topics I've covered already. But if there's one thing I want to talk about on this podcast that I haven't already in my shows is that I want to show this progression. So, you know, from going from there and every week what I do on my show, I talk about usually I, try, I used to talk about a new subject. But instead, I'm just talking about how I'm progressing with, uh, well, the mental illnesses I have. Air quotes, people. <laughs> Air quotes, yeah. Well, can you, can you give the audience like a quick rundown of some of the topics you have covered in case they want to see, see what your talk show is all about? Right now, I've covered a little bit on borderline personality disorder. That's what I had. I talk a bit about social anxiety, depression. Uh, things like that and how people have helped me along the way and uh, I was never alone throughout all the process. Now going back to what I answered previously on the idea of a community, uh, just here for example, well, what's really cool is that I, don't, I just don't get to do a talk show, is that I, I get to show people my videos and they don't only give me criticism in regards to what's good and what's not, but they also start sharing their own personal problems and things that uh, you know that resonate with me so it's not only a place that I can just work on my videos and you know things that is really an open community where everyone can sh it's really spreading that everyone can share about these things openly and you know without guilt or without shame so that's something that's really cool as a lot of down-to-earth people wow that's that's a really strong message to be sharing <laughs> Are you nervous about uh, reception, or is that like totally not, not in your field of view right now? I was nervous the first video I had to post okay. because I remember I had finished editing the first video at the beginning of April. Okay. And it took me two, three weeks to have the guts to post it. Ah. So it was really that idea of you know coming out with all this. I didn't ex I didn't know what to expect from you know talking about these things. Is something I've held in for so long. But since having opened up, I, I remember just posting, you know, little videos. I, they don't have, you know, 100,000 views and 50,000 likes and things like that, you know. Some of them, you know, are just 30, 40 views. But the idea is that maybe there's just one or two people out there that will really benefit from. And I've seen, well, I've had some people come up to me. I remember at my gym, you know, just talked to some of my friends. And, you know, he just gave me his hand and, you know, shook hands and like, yeah, you're inspiring, man. I'm like, what are you talking about, <laughs> you know? And he started talking to me about that and he had similar problems as well, you know, dealing with a lot of anger issues and uh, things like that. Even uh, yesterday I posted a video on the psychiatric hospital and before posting it, I showed it to some friends and after that they asked me how did I feel like when I was in the hospital. 
so I gave them um, you know my answer and after that uh, they were able to relate with me because either their friends or themselves or even one of them was her brother going through drug abuse they had their own uh, they had their own um, I, I'd say they had their own word to put in uh, for lack of a better term but yeah so it's uh, that's really what I love about CT that makes me come back all the time is really the people you get to meet like just one of the projects uh for example that i'm kind of jumping into the this podcast right now right you know that the podcast that i moved uh, a couple of days after because i didn't really feel like doing it no but it, it's really cool because when you're when you're in it you get to see like yeah, these projects are actually interesting even though sometimes you don't have the motivation to do it but right. the people are really you know uplifting and they're really uh, understanding yeah, I, I know the feeling. That's kind of one of the reasons why I keep come, coming back here because, yeah, fall of 2017, I came here to do a project, like one project related to school. And with the exception of this podcast series, I haven't I hadn't really done anything else yeah. uh, with CUTV, mainly because, oh, okay, like all of the assignments were not video based mm. but I was like oh um, I really want to do something and every time I every time I come here to see UTV there's always someone working on a project so mm -hmm. it's like what can I do that's you know what's a good way to promote CUTV that that's uh, quote-unquote uh, <laughs> um, how does the term go um, low effort high impact uh, yeah. and so I was like <laughs> a podcast Brilliant, but then it's then when you actually do it, you have to well one get people to you know you gotta line up a, a list of people. Two, you gotta confirm the time. Three, you have you as the host, you have to show up. Four, you gotta you gotta set up the equipment, which fortunately at this stage is just the H six, the least. Zoom H six recorder, um, and a good like acoustic space. Yeah. But also like consistently showing up because this is the fifth fifth day. Yeah, this is this is the fifth day of recordings and. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I am very very exhausted, but I'm I am I'm I'm I enjoy I've enjoyed every minute of it because it's good to because I think there were like two members um that I would talk to uh once in a while about what they're doing and they didn't really say a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But once I got them here in the in you know in the recording booth uh and I was asking them questions about their projects in CUTV like they, like they, they just uh, had so much to say so it was really cool so I found it to be a good opportunity for me to get to know some of the members better yeah. and also to um, for me to have a better understanding as to, as to what their own goals are oh it's really awesome you're doing a project like this thank you why don't you tell us a bit about like yourself like things that you're interested what, what are your interests what are your big goals right now one of the goals I set to myself because uh, aside going into behavioral neuroscience, well, that, I guess I could talk about that too. Okay. Yeah, when I get into behavioral neuroscience, and the thing is, because I dropped out of college and didn't do so well in high school, I kind of have to get myself up all over again. So, yeah, so in the meantime, because I only have one or two courses, and I'll have a summer course soon. But in the meantime, you know, when I have free time, I can come to CUTV right after. Hence why, you know, I'm always around. Right. No, no, so it's really cool. Everything is close by. So, you know, I finish a class and then I come here and edit some stuff. 
And one thing I hope to do, because I want to get into history of psychoanalysis, I think. Ooh, okay. Or something like that. I can't remember. Anyways, I'm going to ask the teacher if I'm able to do it. Let's say like I did for, for my acting class through video and audio and uh, have a little journal with everything written. Because, oh, one thing I started doing too is uh, people have been coming up to me. I know someone had come up to me about depression, anxiety, and I asked them if it was okay if I started writing it down. So I started doing is journaling, you know, what I start, what that person told to me, and you know, my opinions on what they should do and things like that, and kind of a follow up as well. So those are other projects I'm working on. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm trying to have my own mini clinic here at Concordia. And I'm starting with CUTV. Ah. So I'm taking all the the little messed up people at CUTVs right now. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean, I'm not a doctor and. Neither are you, but for, you know, f- there, there are people out there that they may not be able to see, seek professional help. Yeah. So, would, so, would, what would, you, if you could give, like, a quick checklist of things to do in, in the meantime, before they can see professional help, what, what would you suggest? Well, if there's anything before suggesting anything, you have to kind of realize where you stand in all this. And most of the time, so even when it comes to, say, drug addiction, you don't realize, you, you, st- you start changing once you realize there's a problem. And that happens with anything, because people oftentimes when they're, uh, let's say the, they get insulted about something or some sort of criticism. Instead, the, the way I take it, if there's an insult about something, something that insults me, either A, I can't change it and I shouldn't care, or B, it doesn't insult me, it's maybe something I should change about myself. So it's really how you take in things and what kind of uh, motivation you put into it to change things. I can remember me, uh, I'll give you the, the most easiest example. Me was drug addiction. And back then, you know, my friends used to tell me like, oh, you starting to have a problem. And I kind of denied it because I didn't see I had a problem. And it's when you start realizing you have a problem about these things, you're able to solve it. So obviously, you know, a lot of people say that for any kind of mood disorder, depression or anything that, oh, it's all you, you have to do it yourself. There's some truth to that. But what people don't realize is that that person can't do it alone because there will be eventually a time where they'll need other people. So it's kind of uh, you having to assume the fact that, let's say, uh, I don't know, for example, depression, the one that causes because you ruminate too much on the negative things. So one way you could uh, try to change that is really think about the small positive things you did. And even if you have little to no motivation to do anything, let's say sometimes you want to set yourself a big goal, but it's so overwhelming and you're not able to do it. Especially when you have depression, it's even worse. But just something really simple like fixing your bed or cleaning your bed sheets. Right. You know, me, I had some times where I hadn't cleaned them for like six months. And just the fact just cleaning that and freshening things up and just focusing on thinking about those things instead of all the negative things happening. Because a lot of people, this funny thing, a lot of people that have depression are usually very proactive people that do a lot of things that are kind of everywhere. And... Uh, Regardless, they all still focus, uh, choose to focus on the negative things happening in their life. You know, even though the people that are not proactive, that just do nothing, for example, that was me, you know, just really f- focus on those small positive things. And that's something that really helped me. Like, I, I remember I just fixed my bed and I was like, ooh, fresh bed sheets. And now when I went to bed at night and have all my clothing on my bed with, you know, whatever was on there and I had something... I was able to get up in the morning a little bit more fresh. You know, really cleaning up your environment, things like that. 
or you know just just really little things and after a while you know started one positive thing per week then once every two days and three days so it's a process like that that you have to kind of cleanse yourself in a way kind of like build yourself up so that's the the part that focuses on just yourself but when it comes to other people helping you out that of course you can't really uh, people don't know what's happening in your head and oftentimes you have a tendency to push those especially those that are closest to you right. and those you love because you don't want to put them the burden on them me in my situation I was lucky to have people that had been through that situation before so whenever i needed someone i was able to call them up you know at 3 4 in the morning because i was having an anxiety attack so i remember he was uh, my dj at the club and he was really a life coach to me because back then i you know i didn't have money to go home or anything so you know they would give, he would give me a lift and you know if i sometimes i wouldn't have anything to eat he would you know propose uh, you know he would buy me something things like that really just little actions that i had never really asked for but they kind of knew it So really your entourage plays a huge part whenever you're going to relapse or going to go on a period of withdrawal. And even though I felt really alone during that period, when I really needed someone, I had someone. So that's kind of what changed everything and that's the part I realized that not everyone has and that's what I'm trying to incorporate. Because you know, I was lucky to have uh, such, such great friends. Sometimes I would even I would just be lying in my bed the whole day, one of them be like, "Hey, you know, I'm passing by Laval, you want to do something I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they just come pick me up and they kind of drag me out of the house. So it's really things like that that I believe that uh, is going to help people, especially when people go to therapy. Usually it's just focus on one person. If that therapist leaves, it's going to create a void. So what I really suggest, uh, this is one of my own clinic really, instead of having a one-on-one therapy session, it would be to help the person reintegrate within the community and to feel loved again not to feel alone again that's something that i feel that, that there's a huge lack in the the mental health uh, the medical mental health field today there's no aspect focus on community reintegration there's no kind of follow up whenever something happens so that's really the, the, in essence the project what i'm doing right now is to be able to have that clinic and further on be able to i don't like the term really treat treat people or call them you know patients or mentally ill because even myself you know having been a patient and currently having a mental illness and I just don't see it that way because I found a way through meditation to be able to control my emotions things like that so okay, all those uh, ideas is back in my head that okay I'm not fine I can't do these things because you know I would set these mental barriers to myself but in reality everything was in the mind and when I realized I wasn't any different than anyone else that you know it was just a label that was fixed on me I was able to kind of free myself from those restraints I kind of realized the situation I was in, I didn't deny it anymore and I said, "Okay, I have to change this." And the best way I get to change this because my mood always goes up and down. It's kind of like come back to neutral in my case. And so the pretty much that's what I'm trying to do right now at the clinic and hopefully go on with that uh, in the years to come. Wow, that's a very big ambitious goal and I wish you the best of luck in in, in that endeavor. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on to the interview. It was a pleasure. <laughs> um, so can you tell the let the audience know like where can people find your 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 show unconventional and highly unprofessional? I honestly just posted on YouTube and Facebook right now. So social media wise, uh, I'm not too active right now, but you can find it on YouTube just type in uh, unconventional and highly unprofessional as the name of the show. You'll find a couple little videos, but 
And I'll also make sure to add uh, the links in the description as well. Awesome. And for you, audience, thank you so much for fall. If you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate your willingness to listen to all these different stories from the different members and the different adventures they go on to tell their own stories. If you liked this podcast, you'll be able to listen to the entire playlist linked down below. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow CUTV on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on their website. Uh, Yannick, do you have any other social media you'd like to throw out there? Only have that, so. Just that? <laughs> All right. Well, once again, everyone, thank you so much. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. All right. Bye, everybody.